get out there and do it, right? Learn by doing. Again, it's such a hands-on medium. I think you would really have to take a look at what your ultimate aspirations are and where your passions lie before making a decision like that. Should you go to film school? If you're wrestling with that question, you should watch this episode and learn from Meekum Dang and the incredible career she's had. But you should also go back and watch the other episodes that were released this week on Video Production Daily, all about incredible careers that people have created for themselves in the video production industry. Certainly going to film school is one path to get where you want to go, but you need to audit where you're going and accomplish that goal. I'm thrilled to be able to bring Meekum's experience to you right here on another episode of Video Production Daily. Now you've made an incredible career for yourself in video, and maybe before we talk about how you got to where you're at, uh, why don't you tell us about what you're doing, what you spend your time doing professionally, a little bit about America's Test Kitchen, also some of the consulting, and I know I've been to like training sessions that you put on that were just incredible. So the audience deserves to hear from you, Mecham. Why don't you tell us you know, what it is that you do? Thank you, Luke, and I'm really happy to be here and supporting and sharing with this community of fellow creators. And that's really how I would describe myself. Um, you know, video as a medium is something that I took to very early on, but my background started with pen and paper and more traditional fine art. And I never predicted that video would be the most pervasive of all those visual formats. And yeah, I, I basically split my time between running the video team at America's Test Kitchen that is a digital first um, operation. Our team is responsible for everything that you see across all of the social channels and now expanding into set-top and OTT programming. So it's a really exciting time. Um, the pandemic has actually shown a very bright light on how essential food is. And a, a lot of folks are cooking at home and we're happy to be a resource for that. Um, in addition to the work that I do at America's Test Kitchen, I'm also creating my own content. Um, I'm very much interested in experimenting with formats and genres. Um, small screen storytelling and vertical filmmaking is something that I've been exploring deeply over the last few years. And then, yeah, I'm really passionate about helping people understand how the container affects the stories that we try to tell. So some of the training workshops that we've met at are all about platforms and distributions and understanding the nuances of where your video lives and how that shapes your story. Yeah, it's fascinating. And it's very cool to see America's Test Kitchen hitting milestones when it comes to digital distribution. So certainly, you know, a million subscribers on YouTube, that's not an easy feat. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the brand. Actually, it's one of those things that um, I won't say it's a guilty pleasure because it's just a pleasure. It's something that I've absolutely enjoyed consuming over the years. And uh, I always have to go look up what the American Test Kitchen, you know, reviews are when I'm going to buy any kitchen appliance at all. That and, makes me very uh, I, happy to hear. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. And I always feel like America's Test Kitchen is like the king of segments. Like if you look at the way that the show is is organized, the segments are so lovable and all of them are so great. And it's just like you kind of know what's coming in the show flow and you're excited to see what happens and you're excited for each segment of the entire show. So it's cool to see how you've helped to uh, translate that to digital and, and really get America's Test Kitchen everywhere and something that a lot of us really enjoy consuming. So very cool. And uh, the workshops and everything else is so cool too. And Minkum, to get to the point where you're leading a team like you are, you're working on an incredible brand like you are, it doesn't just happen by accident, although I think it can be really hard to kind of I, you know, I've, I've told other creators this before. They're like, hey, how did you get to where you are and how do I get there? And it's, 
it's hard to put a specific target on, you know, on the map and then, and then aim for that trajectory and hit it. Uh, but it is incredible if you're willing to pivot and try new things, how you can end up in a really great place. And it's obvious to me, Meekum, that that's what you've done. So why don't we reverse engineer your career a little bit? Uh, what were some key milestones and important decisions that you had to make to end up where you're at today? Yeah, it's a, a great question. And I could not agree more that I think people in this field take a very unconventional path uh, most of the time. Um, I will say that, you know, art and fine art were sort of my first love. And I grew up in a, as a second gen uh, Vietnamese American, so a bit more of a traditional household. And pursuing art uh, wasn't something that uh, was, was on the roadmap. Um, so I chose film and video because there was an actual industry around it. So that was sort of the first big step that I made. I had always been, as I said, um, experimenting with different formats because that's how I came to know and love storytelling. And just growing up, um, moving around a lot, the, the pen, paper, page, all of that stuff was really pivotal to inform my own experience. So I thought if I could do that for other people and with other people, that would be, that would be what would make me most happy. And I decided to pursue film uh, in college. So I did go through more of a traditional film school uh, training at Emerson based in Boston. And I would say towards the end of my career there, and that was an environment that was, you know, you were working on something outside of your course curriculum every other second. So that sort of entrepreneurial mindset carried over and I was constantly experimenting and playing multiple roles on set, um, which I think is something that has also kind of helped me understand both sides of the equation. Um, and most people upon graduating had pursued more traditional routes where they were going into commercial work, so heading out to New York or going to Los Angeles to pursue um, Hollywood. And at that point in my career, I kind of had this itch around um, more lo-fi production and documentary production. And so I ended up staying in Boston and actually working at PBS. Um, that was my first job out of school, just as a, an office manager and a PA on the um, science documentary show Nova. And it's, it is kind of funny full circle because America's Test Kitchen is also on PBS in its traditional form on the television show. And I very quickly learned um, after being at PBS that I was, <laughs> I was too entrepreneurial <laughs> to kind of do the same thing. There, there was a ladder there, I think, at the time that existed that said, you know, you might have to work in a certain way before you could do the next thing. So it was much more linear and plotted out at that point. And then platforms like YouTube and Vimeo were very nascent and new. And for me, as a creator and an artist first, I... I was just blown away by what that could represent for people who just wanted to make and share stories. So I completely pivoted. Um, I left PBS and I joined a small digital agency and that's where I really learned the ropes of video production, which was you know, very different from being trained in film production in a lot of ways at the time. So I would say that would be the first key milestone for me. And then video as a medium continued to be really pervasive. And then I trained myself more on the understandings of the, the platform and the products. And I was working with a lot of startups and individual creators to not only create their video content, but also distribute it. So all while I was making stuff for people, I was doing it for myself, kind of reverse engineering these platforms and learning as much about them as I possibly could. And then I had an opportunity to join a company called Brightcove, 
which was essentially um, the YouTube for businesses at the time, an online video platform that housed and distributed video. And that for me was another milestone because I actually, there was no video <laughs> department when I had joined. And I actually started on the product side as a scrum master, which is essentially, I know you have a technical background, but it's like um, a producer in a lot of ways. It's a project manager for technical um, products and features and, and software. And so I had this very, again, unique uh, way into that space because I got to learn all about what it took to actually get this content out there. And from there, I actually built out the video production team, worked a lot on live video and the live product and was kind of having the time of my life. <laughs> it was a really great environment um, being in the sort of heyday of a startup. Everybody that I met, I continued to work with after um, we all left the startup. And basically my career took on this pattern of doing what I did at Bright Cove for other startups, small businesses, creators and entrepreneurs. And then in 2014, I actually decided to go full-time and opened up my own production studio and got to travel. And it was also a really incredible time. And the demand for all of this different type of storytelling was really high. And I was in this really wonderful place and then kind of had the same itch where I realized some other change in the industry is likely coming along. And it was at that point, two years out of running my own studio, um, a colleague from Bright Cove actually informed me about a new team at Facebook called the Video Lab, um, which sat within Creative Shop, um, which is sort of like their internal creative um, agency who helped people understand how to make content on Facebook and Instagram. And that, I would say, was my PhD in video production. Everything that I did at, at the within the video lab set me up for how I think about content now. Um, and I just, I couldn't say no to the opportunity to work on such a platform with such resources and scale. And for me, everything that I did there is now, the way that I think about content is inextricably linked to where it ultimately ends up being. Um, and then staying, you know, up to date on not just experimenting and hacking the platform, but also my cameras and the way I even think about story arcs, all of that came from my time there. And then that led me to America's Test Kitchen um, when I had decided that I wanted to come back to Boston because I had ended up leaving Boston, which is, you know, my, my home of homes and decided to come back. And I met someone at uh, ATK, an, an incredible woman named Mary, who was the executive producer at the time. And I helped bring the uh, all of the content into the, the digital realm. So that was three years ago now. And I've never, I've never been more excited about the way the content can get out there and how it impacts everybody. Mikam, that's an incredible trajectory that you've been on. It's very cool to see how you've uh, progressed from, from job to job. Um, I have a couple of questions in there that I think, you know, sometimes it's really difficult to go from nothing to something. And uh, you did that with Nova, right? Where you, you were in film school and uh, it's cool to see that you've got these deep Boston roots and it's kind of been a place where you've been able to find connections and find work. And um, that first job, how did you get it? Because is this something that you applied for? I remember the first job I had in TV, I applied for. I remember sitting down with the channel manager and talking about my very short list of qualifications and getting that job and being so excited. Uh, but how, I, you know, and it's weird that I actually, I, you know, I wrote out a resume and I submitted it and, and went in and had an interview, but 
How did you get that first job coming out of film school? Very similar story to you, Luke. Um, it was actually right before the recession of 2008. So I was on the hunt. Um, I had been sending resumes everywhere, interviewing everywhere within the Boston area. And then I got a call back and went through the same exact process. And I do think having my uh, the privilege and the background of a film school education um, and Emerson on my resume definitely helped propel me in that sense. And I'm really grateful for that opportunity. Um, but I would say a lot of rejection <laughs> um, and a lot of cold calling and outreach. And, you know, when you're first starting out, I think you, I don't, I don't know if I agree with the, the concept of having tough skin. I also think it's very different now. We might get to this question of, you know, would you go to film school today? I think my answer might be different. <laughs> um, but I do think persistence and putting yourself out there and understanding that it's as much of a, it's not always about you, I, I guess, if that makes sense. There are so many other factors that go into whether an opportunity will land that that consistency and persistence is actually the thing that might help be the through line in a career in a place like film and video. Uh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about film school for just a second um, before we before we move on, uh, because it is a question that comes up a lot. Um, I know my experience with higher ed was it was more about the connections than the education because so much of what we do comes from on the job learning and training. But it would be interesting, Mikam, you alluded to it, so it'd be great to get your perspective. Uh, my honest answer is that I don't know if it holds the same value today. Um, I have seen and you know been part of this generation of creators and entrepreneurs and makers who you could even argue that almost everybody is that now right if you have if you make anything and you share it there is that sort of instinct in you that you have to hone and so in terms of networking the great thing the positive thing about all that connectivity is that you can meet and make with people that you never would have had an opportunity to do otherwise right but in school the thing that I think is most valuable and something that we might all be uh, reflecting on through this time is how hands-on this medium is. And so I do think if it were more affordable <laughs> and perhaps more flexible, um, as opposed to the model of film school that you or I may have gone through, I would say, sure, consider it. But if, let's say, you had access to capital or um, a Kickstarter, right? It's funding to go make this thing that you've always wanted to make and feel really passionate about. I would say I'd probably go out, connect with people, get out there and do it, right? Learn by doing. Again, it's such a hands-on medium. Um, so it's kind of, it really depends on the type of stories that you want to tell. So for me personally, it did set me up in terms of that baseline education. And also I made a uh, both a network connections and lifelong friendships um, by attending Emerson that you know are with me till are with me to this day rather. So I I don't uh, I don't knock the value of it at all. I, I wouldn't be where I am without it. But in today's current environment, I think you would really have to take a look at what your ultimate aspirations are and where your passions lie before making a decision like that. Mikam, it's great advice. Thank you very much. I'm really excited to dive in deeper with you from week to week as we explore some of these other topics. I think that your time in Bright Cove, uh, who, by the way, is one of uh, the publishers of, of Video Production Daily. So, ah, you know, be that. excited to be on Play TV. 
And, awesome. uh, and then also with Facebook, you know, you've always brought a lot of depth of expertise about publishing platforms, and it's going to be really interesting to hear about some of these themes that are coming up from your perspective. So next week, we're diving into pre-production and what the ideal pre-production process looks like. Excited to learn from Meekum on that and hope that you'll join us for that episode. Meekum, thank you so much for allowing us to take a look at your career. It's been an incredible career. You're on an amazing trajectory and it's just so far from over. So it'll be exciting to see what you do. And um, thanks for joining us on this season three of Video Production Daily. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. Filmmakers and video creators, as you know, production budgets are wildly inconsistent. Sometimes they rise, sometimes they fall, but your ability to bring creativity to a project is always in demand. I want to introduce you to the Masters of Engagement online course. Learn how to clarify creative ideas, engage audiences using conflict, dance, art, character development, relevancy, and unexpectedness and story. Every professional video creator should learn about audience psychology from mastersofengagement.com. I've included a discounted link in the show notes below, and I can't wait to see you in the online course.